Hey everybody, I'm Mike McDonald. My buddy Jesse Stratton loves some of the cheesiest movies ever made. He spent years telling me about them all, so now I'm finally watching these movies for the very first time. This is our podcast where we break those movies down together. This is the Celluloid Dumpster Fire. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we're talking about the 1993 slapstick black comedy Freaked. This is definitely a film that should not have been made, according to the studio. Oh yeah, the studio was pissed. Because uh, <laughs> like, it got greenlit, right? Yep. And then, uh, somewhere down the line, the, there was like a, what do you call it? Like the rain changed, like, a, you know, studio heads change and shit. Yep. And then, like, those new heads were like, what the fuck is this? What is this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, the, they, they changed uh, leadership at the studio. They looked at the script because the project was in progress. And they said, tell me we didn't spend more than 30 bucks on this. And it turns out they spent $12 million on it. Oh, my God. It, yeah, this was, like, supposed to be, like, a big budget holiday studio movie. And well, when it was when it was originally envisioned by Alex Winter, this was supposed to be a super low budget horror movie starring the punk rock band, the Butthole Surfers. Great band. And it turned out that not only does it not have the Butthole Surfers in it, it's also not a low budget horror movie. <laughs> they spent a butt ton of money on this yeah it was supposed to be like a uh, horror comedy about these cannibals which was like the butthole surfers right and they're you know being they still appear in the uh soundtrack and shit and yes the lead singer's in a scene in the movie but yeah it it totally switched and uh, I, I just can't get over this movie because i love this movie i discovered it in the late 90s you know on cable and it's still like like you can't even get like a like an actual copy of it i'm not surprised this is a clown comedy film the script was rewritten several times uh, before it finally mutated into this film it was originally titled hideously mutated freaks the final project does have a punk rock soundtrack featuring the butthole surfers, like you said, and Blind Idiot God. Movie's 81 minutes long and, uh, as we said, was made on a budget of $12 million. It's got a 50% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it made $29,296 at the box office because the studio executives decided it was just too weird. And the test screenings, American audiences absolutely hated it. So they pulled it from most markets except for Japan and Australia. In the U.S., it appeared on two screens for like one weekend. Yeah. Yeah, the U.S. release box office was like 6000 bucks. Yeah. It was released on VHS the following year. Movie was directed by Tim Burns and Alex Winter. Tim Burns is known for directing music videos for Ice Cube, Marilyn Manson, Red Hot Chili Peppers. He also worked on Crank Yankers, the Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Man Show, and MTV's Idiot Box. Just about everybody in this movie was on MTV's Idiot Box. Yeah, that show was like not like half of one season. 
but like <laughs> I don't know the the style of that show pretty much like became MTV's like kind of style for like yeah a decade after it went on like but it was weird because like it's like yeah it's like the shows I don't know I like the show I remember yeah that was it. that was around the time when MTV was pretty much putting the finishing touches on no more music in music television it's all yeah. just the real world and road rules well no it's like there's like kind of artsy fartsy kind of shit because you like had this you had the idiot box you had like uh, uh what was it liquid television it was like that weird stuff yeah it was like yeah they had the real world and shit but it was like it hadn't got that bad they used to have like some weird like you know maybe some butthead and shit like that right weird cartoons and puppets and stuff you know it's like oh that's kind of cool alex winter of course best known as paying playing bill s preston esquire in the bill and ted franchise also it worked extensively for mtv he actually started out as a child actor on broadway appearing in the king and i with yul brenner and in peter pan with sally duncan it was also in the lost boys yeah and then this happened <laughs> script was written by alex winter tim burns and tom stern stern is best known as producer and director on thousand ways to die the man show idiot box and saul of the mole men that show is fucking weird yeah i can i can see how just about anything these guys work on is gonna be just surreal goofball stuff yeah there were three separate special effects companies involved in the making of this movie, and that's where most of the $12 million budget went. A million dollars of the budget was paid to an uncredited actor. Yeah. Got a lot of big-name actors in this movie. Brooke Shields as Sky Daly, uh, best known for being Brooke Shields and having Brooke Shields' massive eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Morgan Fairchild is a flight attendant on a Pan Am flight. She's best known for starring in Falcon Crest and just about every daytime soap opera ever. Yeah. Have William Sadler as Dick Bryan. And I can't, I, I'm sorry, I'm, this is awful. I can't see this guy's name without thinking you should say that in front of it. So it's that Dick Bryan. That Dick Bryan. Yes. <laughs> He's appeared in the Bill and Ted movies, Shawshank Redemption, and Die Hard 2. Oh, I mean, Mr. Good, like Demon Knight. Yes. That movie's yeah, awesome. Definitely. And Mr. T is the bearded lady. Mr. T, of course, known for the A-Team Rocky Three and the very first ever WrestleMania. And here's where that million dollars went. Keanu Reeves as Ortiz the dog boy. Eh, yeah. Paid a million dollars. To be in a costume the entire time, and he's not in the credits. Uh, probably by his own request. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was cool because it's like, you know, you got Bill and Ted, you know, in a movie together. Yeah. With uh, the Grim Reaper, because William Sadler, you know, played, like, yeah, they were all in uh, Bill and Ted's Focus Journey. Right. Uh, but that's why, and that's what really sucks, is the test, uh, test audiences don't know shit. Test right. had this movie because they thought this was going to be the next Bill and Dead movie. That's exactly what they thought, yes. Yeah, this is not that kind of movie. This is like a weird-ass, <laughs> like, Marx Brothers movie on acid or something, you know? 
This thing is like Three Stooges crossed with Police Squad crossed with Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it's really weird. This is the only film outside of the Bill and Ted franchise that features both Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Yeah. And we have Bobcat Goldthwait as the voice of Sockhead. There was actually a woman that played Sockhead, and then Bobcat Goldthwait was the voice. That's probably one of my favorite characters in this uh, whole movie. I love Bobcat Goldthwait and just about anything he does. I, I like the Police Academy films for the Police Academy films, but they're better because of Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, yeah. John Hawks as Cowboy known for playing Saul Starr on the HBO series Deadwood. He also appeared in Eastbound and Down, Lost, The Practice, and Taken. I think as like kind of like a one-trick pony, but he does it so well. Yes. like Because I he even played like pretty much the same character that he did on Deadwood on this old show called uh, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Yeah. It's like the guy's been doing this shit since like the early 90s. And yeah, he's even a cowboy that's like actually a cow. Yeah, he does a fantastic Sheb Woolley impression. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Next, the star, the shining star of this entire movie, Randy Quaid as Elijah C. Skug, best known as everybody's favorite crazy Uncle Eddie in the National Lampoon Vacation franchise. Also known for being a real-life crazy Uncle Eddie and running away to Canada to escape an evil group he called the Hollywood Star Whackers. Yeah. It sucks. Like, he's known for Cousin Eddie, right? And like, yeah. yeah, Or he's the guy in, uh, you know, Independence Day that flew the plane up the UFO's butt. Yes. But he ought to be remembered for this because this is like, I think it's like his standout performance. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. You know, it's he he plays an evil dickhead really well. But honestly, he's just being Randy Quaid. Yeah. And this movie is like, there's like no veil. Like in Cousin Eddie, it's like, oh, it's like you can see this is like a watered down version of, you know, but this like, yes. yeah. When... Cousin Eddie really has to play off of Chevy Chase and and be, you know, a second banana. But as a as a as a front guy. And even as a villain, he's he's fantastic. Oh, yeah. He just doesn't understand, unfortunately, that how people could commit suicide after working in an industry fueled by mental illness and drug addiction. Finally, we've got Alex Zuckerman as Stewie Gluck. Oh, yeah. He appeared in Hook, The Exorcist 2, and Huck Finn. And he's one of my favorite characters in this movie after uh, Randy Quaid. Yeah, I love seeing this little kid just get the shit beat out of him. Like, yeah, I'm exactly. yeah, laughing aloud, like kind of belly laugh, you know, like really hurty kind of. I don't know what it is. It's just funny to me. Yes, it is. I, I, I like it because, you know, it's kind of the Leslie Nielsen police squad slapstick humor when they're going after Stewie. And and I love that stuff. I've always loved it. I always will love it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Eat it up like homemade ice cream. Yeah. But like <laughs> usually knows it's like, yeah, it's like Leslie Nelson and shit. But it's like this is just like a kid. And it's like the annoying kid that's like trying to solve a mystery. Yes. You know, they, like tons of kind like of Jack, 
Dennis the Menace kid. Yeah, Dennis the Menace the kid. And it's like, man, I really want to just like kick that kid. It's so annoying. <laughs> they they throw this kid out of like buildings and shit. That's how they like if you ever seen like an annoying kid in a movie, like I don't know, like what's that one? Like show me the money and shit. Yeah. Harry Maguire, if you ever like just beat the crap out of that kid, they're like, watch this movie because that's gonna it's gonna fulfill a need or something. It, it's they really put this kid to the ringer. Yeah, hundred percent. Movie opens with opening credits that are typical '90s MTV opening credits. Lots of uh, bright colors, flashing backgrounds, seizure-inducing graphics, backed by the butthole surfers. And honestly, they they stretched out the credits so that they could play the entire song at the beginning here. Oh yeah, don't no, they do that? A uh, bunch of there's like a bunch of little things where like. We're we got the whole damn song, and so we're going to animate to it. Yeah, right. Credits are followed by a breaking news bulletin that the flying gimp has been destroyed, and everyone can return to their homes. I like that. That's a callback. That's from an idiot idiot box episode. Next, we are on the Sky Daily Show, which is really styled after the '90s Sally Jesse Raphael and Ricky Lake shows. Yeah, like Jeannie Jones and crap like that. Yeah, yeah. Sky is interviewing Ricky Coogan. He's appearing in silhouette. Ricky was once a major star, then something horrible happened to him, and now he frightens children. Just the very mention of his name frightens children. And then when she says that, she says his name, and then a bunch of kids scream. Yeah. And he appears to be pretty hideously deformed um, if based on his silhouette. So Ricky's going to recount the story of his ordeal, which started with a meeting of the heads of a company called EES, Everything Except Shoes. He, they want him to promote a toxic fertilizer called Zygrot 24 in South America because it's been banned in the United States. <laughs> to prove that Zygrot 24 is perfectly safe, they bring in George Ramirez, who that Dick Bryan... Refer, insists on referring to as Juan Valdez. Yeah. Because I guess anybody Hispanic is Juan Valdez to him. Well, plus See, that's that, why that's he's, he's not yeah. Dick Bryan. That's why he's not Dick Bryan. He's that Dick Bryan. That Dick Bryan. Yeah. Well, George is explaining how, saw, how safe Zygrot 24 is. He's been working with it extensively for five years and there's never been any effects. Every time the camera cuts away from him and then cuts back, He's shrunk a little bit until he's super tiny with a high squeaky voice. The final George Ramirez was played by Mihaly Michu Masaros, a two foot nine inch dwarf actor who in this case is acting in brownface. Yeah. This is the actor they use for every full body shot of Alf in the Alf TV series. Anytime you saw Alf running away, or standing, you know, saw his whole body. It was this guy in the ALF costume. Yeah. They also had, uh, what's his name? It was one of the stages of him, uh, Deep Roy? Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, who, you know, he's blown up now, but he used to be like in like a bunch of shitty ass movies. But yeah, like he, he was the one that played the Oompa Loompas in the new uh, Willy Wonka. Right. But uh, he was the stunt double for... Uh, the kid in this movie oh nice okay yeah so anytime you see that kid get beat up you're they're actually beating up uh deep roy 
he almost he cut his he almost cut his face really bad when doing one of the window stunts. Oh, I can imagine those were awful. Yeah, they were <laughs> awfully awesome, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dick offers Ricky five million dollars plus expenses to go to Santa Flan, a country, a South American country named after the patron saint of creamy desserts, and promote Zygrot Twenty Four. The board of EES approves this unanimously because they're all puppets, quite literally. Dick just yeah. pulls a lever and they all raise their hands to, to vote uh, to approve it. Ricky's advisors all recommend that he pass on this offer, but Ricky gives them a double thumbs up. Next, there's a Pan Am flight. Ricky and Ernie are flying to Santa Flan. Ernie is terrorizing passengers by walking around with a fake hand sticking out of his fly. A stewardess played by Morgan Fairchild. I'm going to get in trouble for staying, saying stewardess, aren't I? I need to say flight attendant. Uh, I'm going to get canceled. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> flight attendant, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> flight attendant played by Morgan Fairchild opens an overhead cabinet to get Ernie a blanket, and she finds a hideous troll. That's the running joke through this entire movie. It's Ricky's crazy stalker slash ultimate fan, Stewie Gluck. And he wants Rick to sign a photo for him. It's funny, though, because she, like, hands him the blanket. And then it's like, uh, excuse me, sir, is that your hideous troll and over? And then all of a sudden it just pops open. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's this, this kid with a picture. Big smiley face kid. Hey, Rick, I found this picture. Will you sign it for me? <laughs> they did something to his voice in audio mixing because it is really loud. Like everybody else is talking in normal volume. Yeah. This kid is at the top of his lungs the entire time. Yeah. It's, oh God, geez. It's like grating, you know, like nails on a chalkboard. It's really. Yep. And that, I'm sure that's the intended effect. You know well, Rick and Ernie run off to hide from Stewie in the airplane restroom. There's already a woman in the restroom sitting on the toilet. They don't care. They're going in anyway. Rick tries to close the door, but Stewie blocks it with his head. <laughs> <laughs> He's real disappointed that, that Rick would lend his name to something awful like Zygrot 24. Rick says, deep down, he's still a good guy. And that's when a flight attendant runs Stewie over with the drink cart, just plasters him. The same way you would see uh, somebody crossing the street get hit by a bus. That's what they do with the drink cart. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Stewie falls off the drink cart near the airplane door. He grabs the door trying to stand up and the door flies open, sucking him out of the airplane. Followed by a bunch of wadded up newspapers, followed by an old man in a wheelchair. I love this movie. And that's when another flight attendant comes by and very casually leans out the airplane and closes the door. The captain comes on the PA and announces that on the right side of the plane, they can see the Grand Canyon. And on the left side of the plane, they can see a hideous troll. <laughs> Rick opens the window, and there's Stewie looking in. <laughs> Rick, can you sign my picture for me? <laughs> Until he finally falls off the airplane. Finally, we get to see a shot of a farmer in a field, and he's raking hay. And Stewie falls out of the sky, missing the giant pile of hay and landing on the ground. 
Don't yeah, worry, he's okay. That. Yeah, he's okay. And then a book falls on his head. Get a shot of a plane landing in Santa Flan. Hear Rick saying, here we are finally in Santa Flan. And as the plane lands, it bursts into flames and explodes. Rick says, glad that wasn't our plane. It's just really cheesy, really cheesy jokes. Yeah. It's like they're trying to see how many, how many bad jokes can we cram into 30 seconds. And each 30 seconds, they start the contest over again. Yeah, they try to beat their record. It's like, yeah, we can, we can go more tasteless, <laughs> more jokes, yeah, more. Hey, also, it's got a bunch of, like, dated references. Like, it's like, what is this, 93? So, like, they're making, right. like, 70s, like, references and shit. So you'd have to be, like, I don't know, either, like, really. You'd be our age. Nerd. Yeah. There are, there really are, you know, so Alex Winter, Alex Winter's about my age. Yeah. And so the, yeah, the seventies and eighties, and early eighties references, because this was 93, you know, when Pan Am still existed. I don't think Pan Am yeah, has existed yeah, nah. in about 20 years. They make a Paul Lynn joke. They make a Paul Lynn joke too. I love Paul Lynn. Yeah, he's funny as shit. <laughs> Well, outside the airport, a group of protesters is gathered to protest against Ricky Coogan and Zygrot 24. Rick sees a young female protester and immediately falls for her. But they're protesting against Rick Coogan, so he can't let her know that's who he is. So he, instead, he gets himself dressed up as an accident victim covered from head to toe with bandages. To try to win her over. And it works. Uh, it works. And she accompanies them to another town where they plan to travel to another protest. They're going to protest against Zygrot 24 and pelt Ricky Coogan with cow shit. <laughs> yeah. On the way, Julie is disparaging Ricky's acting ability, saying that he's not as good as Christian Slater. Rick's trying to play along, but this is the last straw. He can't take it anymore. He blows his cover. He pulls off the bandages, revealing who he really is. And, well, that didn't last very long. <laughs> Julie's going on and on about how awful Zygrot 24 is. And Rick is seeing signs for a freak show. So, of course, they decide to check it out. If I saw signs for a freak show, I'd stop to check it out. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is no way I would not stop for a freak show in the middle of nowhere. Especially in the middle of South America. Yes. As they're driving into the, the to freak land, uh, there are jungle sounds all over the place, including Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, I love when the, the, like, that shit, like, right there, where you're like, oh. <laughs> I mean, like, if you haven't gotten it yet, this, yeah, it's that kind of humor. Yeah. They get out. At Freakland, and it's it's just massive statues of this weird-looking guy, who we will later learn is Elijah C. Skuggs. They are miles from civilization and telephones and police. Ricky's not impressed with the whole freak show. Julie, on the other hand, is just in love with everything that she sees. As they're talking, Mr. Toad zaps Ernie's candy bar out of his hand with his giant tongue. Elijah says the next show is tomorrow, but he's got a private show he can let them see in his shed. As they enter the shed, Mr. Toad stops and uh, zaps a white rabbit with his tongue, demonstrating just how far he can reach with that thing. 
Scruggs slams the door and laughs menacingly, but then we find out it, he's laughing at a family circus cartoon in the newspaper. <laughs> While Toad straps Ricky, Ernie, and Julie to tables. They are now prisoners of a mad science. A little bit of Gilligan's Island. The final season of Gilligan's Island was weird. You remember when they had that mad scientist on the island that was swapping everybody's brains? Yeah. <laughs> that was around that. the time when they made a car out of bamboo. Yeah. And then, you know, what was it? They had the Harlem Globetrotters on there. Or that was a cartoon. They, yeah, it was Scooby-Doo that had the Harlem Globetrotters. No, there's this uh, there's this one thing where like the Harlem Globetrotters were like on Gilligan's Island, I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did make a Gilligan's Island cartoon, didn't they? Yeah. Scruggs uh, explains that he has been making the freaks for his freak show out of normal people using the Tasty Freaks machine powered by Zygrot 24. He's programming the freak machine using his computer mouse, which is an actual mouse or a white rat with wires sticking out of it. And the machine sequence starts and... Honestly, when I saw this, this machine powering up with the steam and the and the dials and everything, it looked like something out of Beekman's world. Yeah, the, the actually, yeah, that that whole like, I don't know, I guess it's like his, his lab, but it's like it's inside of a barn or something. It looks yeah. very set of Beekman's world. It's like that era. And it, all the all the camera angles are like really close up and tight like they used to have on Beekman's world, you know? Yeah, he's got a giant toad instead of a giant rat. Yeah. <laughs> well, Toad pushes Ernie and Julie's tables together, and then Skuggs rubs some of the goo from the freak machine on Ernie and Julie. There's a claymation sequence where it, it's kind of like when you see the cats and dogs fighting, and it's just a big cloud of dust with tails and legs and arms sticking out of it. Yeah. Except in this case, it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex and a masturbating Gumby. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's like the '90s, and everybody's like, you know, experimental. But it, I don't know, it's, it's cool as shit. <laughs> well, at the end of this claymation sequence, Ernie and Julie have been merged into conjoined twins, and Mister Toad carries them away. Meanwhile, Scruggs tells Ricky he's got a special plan for him. Ricky wakes up. We get an exterior shot of the shed, and you just hear Ricky screaming. Next, you see Ricky's one eyeball as he wakes up. Still inside the shed, Skuggs is calling the Laughing Man, uh, kind of like the X-Files Smoking Man. This was before X-Files, though, wasn't it? No, it's about the same time. Uh, yeah, it's about the same time. Yeah. Well, Skuggs calls the Laughing Man to tell him he's created the ultimate freak, but... He's only half created him, and he needs more Zygrot 24 to finish it. And that's when we get our first look at the new Freak Ricky, who is half troll, covered with squirting pus boils. Oh, man, and yeah. half Ricky Coogan. The prosthetic effects and the practical effects are, I like them. I like them a lot. Well, Skuggs takes Ricky to an outhouse. This is where he's going to live. He opens the door and shoves him inside the outhouse. And much like Doctor Who's TARDIS, this place is massive on the inside. He says, I really like what you've done with the space. He says, oh, yeah, I learned it from Bob Vila. And that's when a Bob Vila look-alike shows up. 
to tell him how he could improve the place by exposing the original beams and the whole yeah. HGTV moment there. That's cool as shit. Because, like, you know, before HGTV, oh, you had those, like, books, you know, that he put yes. out about the, and, like, you'd get a commercial for him, like, every, like, I don't know, about every hour on the hour, there'd be a Bobby Lee commercial on TV. Yep. Set of Time Life books. Yeah. And the, 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 when he, when Bob Vila comes up, it, that's what they, they're doing that commercial kind of like the, the music plays and shit, you know? And yeah. Do you ever have any of those time life books? I had, yeah, the, uh, the aliens and conspiracy shit ones, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Like, you know, you ever experienced deja vu? Read the oh, book. Nice. Yeah. You like, you ever experienced deja vu? I have. Read the book. <laughs> I should read the book. <laughs> yeah, you should really read that. I remember when I was young, we had, my dad was always forever a, a huge fan of cowboy westerns. And so we had that series of Time Life books about the Old West bound in genuine imitation leather. Yeah. Yeah, my dad was into that shit too. He was a, you know, big <laughs> western guy. Yeah, there was. Okay, so Skuggs leaves Rick in the in the outhouse, and as he's leaving, he locks the door and mutters to himself that one day he really needs to put a shitter in. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie and Julie see Ricky, and they both begin projectile vomiting when they see the troll that he's been turned in. I mean, it's just the 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 garden hose type vomit is turn the head to the side and stuff sprays out their mouth i think yeah it's like uh it's like it looks unconvincing so they like yes. go the full notch to make it that's how funny it is yes it, it's very unconvincing so they do it all the way yeah <laughs> that's that's pretty much this whole movie man yes this is when they introduce Ortiz, the dog boy. He's a South American militant leader, and Julie is smitten. If we learned anything from the Twilight series. It's that girls like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Ortiz wants to play a trivia game, so we are suddenly in a demented version of Hollywood Squares. And this is the tool that they use to introduce all the other freaks, including Wormy who is a giant worm, who smokes a pipe, by the way. Yes. No Nosy the Nose Boy, who is a giant nose. The Bearded Lady, played by Mr. T. It's just Mr. T with a beard and a dress. Yeah. Sockhead, who has a sock puppet for head. The Eternal Flame, it's just a man who farts nonstop and, and they lit it, so he's got a, a flame shooting out of his ass all the time. Cowboy, who is a part cow part boy and like i said sounds like sheb woolly and rosie the pinhead don't forget that we gotta have a pinhead yeah uh the hideous frog man the hideous frog man who's just a man in scuba gear yeah and paul lind who is paul just lind a skeleton yeah paul lind in the center square rick claims he is not a freak then he freaks out and runs off to another part of the shed Ernie and Julie come along to try to cheer him up as he sits there sulking. Julie has some real anger issues. Anytime Ernie says something she doesn't like, it turns into a Three Stooges punching and eye gouging sequence. Rick is still in denial about being a freak, but the other freaks appear to try to win him over to their side. Wormy reveals his backstory. 
He was a scientist studying worms, and he showed up here because Skuggs told him he had a, a special kind of worm that he really wanted to see. It was a trick. He turned the professor into a worm, and now he can't wipe his own ass. Sockhead was a tourist. He was just looking for a place to go fishing, and he got turned into a, a freak. The bearded lady was a truck driver. He was just confused about himself, and Elijah showed up and said, you know, you'd look a lot better without a wiener. Yeah, he actually said that. Yes. And there's a hammer laying on the floor. It doesn't actually say anything, but we see a sequence where Skuggs took a wrench off of a tool rack and turned it into a hammer. (laughs) Later that night, Ernie is trying to read in bed while Julie and Ortiz the dog boy are fooling around. Ricky is whittling in his room, imagining being rescued and returning to Los Angeles, where all of his anatomically normal girlfriends will be waiting for him. That's when he hears Stewie in his head, and a phantom phantom Stewie appears in the air. Cowboy shows up right then to explain that most of the freaks have ESP. It's kind of a side effect of being a freak. And the fact that Stewie is able to manifest so vividly for Ricky means that Rick and Stewie are actually soulmates. I guess anything to move the story? Yeah, but I think (laughs) it's kind of like a jab at the Shining. Yeah, that's true. Back in Los Angeles, Stewie is trying to recruit help for Rick, but he keeps getting thrown through windows at the newspaper offices. He has a hand-drawn picture of what Rick looks like, and he's taking it to the newspapers, trying to get them to run a story about how child star Ricky Coogan has been captured and turned into a hideous freak. Nobody's interested until he goes to the Weekly World News. This is the same newspaper that ran a story about Bat Boy at least once a month. Yeah. Or how an oil company had accidentally drilled a hole into hell and let Satan out. Uh, yeah. Or uh, what was that one? Kenny Rogers was a Satanist and yes. a cult. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. They also ran a story one time about how, I think I've mentioned this one before, how in the year 2000, they would breed giant cockroaches. And they would eat all of our garbage and then we would hollow out little compartments in them and hook up controls to them and we would drive them around like cars. Yeah, I remember they did that same bit, though, with grasshoppers or like grasshoppers. (laughs) They were going to replace cows as the new uh, crop, you know, the new. uh, Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, And it was, yeah, it was like a Photoshop picture of a farmer. Holding up this large grasshopper about the size of a dog or something. Well, the Weekly World News agrees to publish the story, complete with Stewie's hand-drawn crayon image of Freak Ricky. And Stewie is standing on the street outside a newspaper stand reading his story. He gets kidnapped by the Laughing Man and taken away in a limousine. I won't wait. I won't go back, though. It's like... It goes to like, you know, Time magazine and they throw him out to the door, you know, and he's like, the yeah, and they throw him out to the door. He gets to the World uh, World Weekly News now or whatever. And you're like, we'll love it. We'll print it. And he's like, he's like, 
oh, sweet. Oh, swell. You know, oh, shucks. And then he's like, I'll show myself out. And then he just throws himself through the door. Yes. Yes. He's he's getting thrown through one glass door after another. He said, give this young man his check and show him the way out. I'll do it myself, he says. And he just jumps through the glass window. (laughs) (laughs) Just take that joke all the way and a little bit further. A little bit further, yeah. (laughs) Back at Freakland, a show is about to start. There is a tent full of rioting specters. Or specters. Jesus Christ. There is a tent full of rioting spectators. There is a dwarf clown who will fart your weight. You'll guess your weight and then fart that many times. That's impressive. The crowd stands around and counts. There's a petting zoo where people are petting a dog with no head but two tails. And there's a heavy petting zoo where a guy is making out with a kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) And there's an old man with an I like Ike sign. uh, Dwight Eisenhower campaign slogan. Yeah, they, they, he's a. Like he was a at the protest at the airport yeah. too. He just shows up through here periodically. Well, it's showtime, and first up is Rosie the Pinhead. The musical stylings of Rosie the Pinhead. Apparently, she's going to sing, which turns out to be hideous screaming and beating the microphone against her bald head. Next, Ernie and Julie do a vaudeville routine where Ernie mentions his Rodney again. Uh, Back when they were turned into freaks, Ernie said, well, as long as you're going to turn me into a freak, can you turn me into a freak with a giant Rodney? When Julie, when Ernie mentions his Ernie, his Rodney again, Julie beats him up Three Stooges style and they knock each other out on stage. Next up is a bearded lady doing a makeup tutorial. This is before YouTube even existed, so you had to go to a freak show to see these things. There's like a chick in the audience doing a routine, doing the beauty routine on uh, on her husband that she's throwing. Yeah, while while the bearded lady is doing this makeup tutorial on the stage, there's a biker chick doing the same thing to her biker boyfriend's beard in the audience. Nosy Noseman is a is dancing in a gorilla costume until his record starts skipping, so he just destroys the record player. Sockhead comes out and does a song playing bells, but he trips. And when he trips, his sock catches on the microphone and pulls the sock off his head, revealing that it's actually a hand, and the hand, the audience is outraged. Uh, they've been fooled. They thought that was an actual talking sock, but it turns out there's a hand inside it. <laughs> <laughs> Beast Boy gets inspiration from Wormy. He doesn't want to go out on, on stage, but the, the giant worm gives him a pep talk and inspires him. So he goes out and he's doing the Gloucester monologue from Shakespeare's Richard III. Uh, this is the winter of our discontent. Yeah, and the crowd gets all emotional. Professor Nigel Crump of Oxford University is there to offer help to anybody who has trouble understanding it. So there are subtitles for this, turning Shakespeare's poetry into, well, crass modern language. It's pretty funny, though. The crowd absolutely loves the show, and that's when that Dick Bryan from EES shows up. Ricky thinks he's here to be rescued by EES, but Dick is there to fire Rick because he's ugly now. Everybody starts laughing at Rick, and Rick freaks out. He grabs Dick by the head, 
pops his head off, killing him and starting a panic. Larry Bud Melman from the David Letterman show is there videotaping the entire thing, too. Yeah, laughing his ass off. <laughs> I love Larry Bud Melman. <laughs> yeah, that's another one of those like weird references in this movie that like nobody would get, you know? Right. Oh, and the I Like Ike protester has been stabbed through the chest with his own sign. <laughs> Next day, the freaks are playing Wheel of Fortune. Rick wants to join them, but Ortiz is a little resentful. Ernie mentions they have an escape plan they've been working on, and Ortiz says they can't tell him about it, so Ricky's going to go come up with his own escape plan. Peeping out through a uh, hole in the wall of the outhouse rick sees a milkman making a delivery and he calls him over to the outhouse to see a turd that looks like a naked kim basinger (laughs) (laughs) well the milkman is excited about this and he crawls into the outhouse and then exclaims that's just a regular turd it does kind of look like winona Ryder. uh That's when Rick knocks the milkman out, steals his uniform in order to make his escape. The milk truck is locked. So Rick goes over to a car and he's going to steal the car. The car's locked too. So he goes to a bicycle. The bike's got a lock on it. So he Damn. goes to a boat. The boat has, a, has the club on it. Of course. The whole time he's doing this, there's this giant head of Elijah Skuggs in the in the courtyard and it's just kind of following him around watching him wherever he goes and then as rick watches the eyes pop out of the giant head roll down the tongue and it's two jamaican eyeballs holding machine guns they are the rastafaris yeah i and i turns out elijah skuggs has been watching the whole time on closed circuit video and the Rastafari's take Rick to Elijah's 1970s-style den. He's got the overstuffed leather rocking chair with the wooden banister armrests. I always thought those chairs were really cool. Oh, yeah. Well, while Rick is in there, and uh, Elijah's trying, or Skuggs is telling him about uh, what he has planned, the laughing man calls, and there's a change in plan. Well, Skuggs has written something down on a notepad, and while he's not looking, Rick steals that note. That's when Skuggs gets off the phone and tells that uh, tells Rick about his master plan. He's basically going to turn Rick into a super freak, and then he's going to kill all the other freaks on stage as entertainment at their next show. Back at the Sky Daily Show, Sky interrupts Rick because he's been talking for a while. Basically, we're back here because we need to be reminded that the silhouette of Rick on the Sky Daily Show looks exactly like the half-troll freak Rick in Freakland. We saw it at the beginning, but really didn't have any context. But now we've got to make that connection so that we go back to the show. for. We also need to make a Brooke Shields' stupid joke when she thinks Scruggs mentioned of the Beast Boy rising like a phoenix means he's going to send Ricky to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, yeah. Back at Freakland, we see Rick going back into the Freak House. He has an important clue in his hand, but as he takes it out of his pocket to look at it, the wind blows it away. He chases after it, 
and runs into the other freaks who are all dressed as milkmen and preparing to make their escape. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, wouldn't it look kind of suspicious for there to be 12 milkmen? And Ortiz, the dog boy, says that while 12 milkmen are theoretically possible, 13 milkmen would just be silly. So Ricky's the odd one out. Rick tries to warn him about the Rastafari's, but Dog Boy, Dog Boy won't listen. So it's going to be a knife fight. Ortiz pulls out a switchblade. Beast Boy has a giant claw thumbnail, and they are going to fight. Skuggs is looking out the window and see just how dumb he is, too. It turns out Ortiz was right, because Skuggs looks out the window and says, that's a lot of milkmen for one route. No wonder they fight. <laughs> yeah so they completely thing. fooled him yeah but i it, it's like it's still like it's still like a guy with a giant nose dressed like a milk man it's yes. still like half man half woman dressed it's still a giant worm dressed yes. up as man uh it's yeah it's still a it's, sock puppet with a milkman hat yeah i don't know the cow <laughs> one the cow one i can you know, i can see that yeah i can see that you know, those purity milk trucks that used oh, to be yeah. painted black and white like the gateway computer boxes. Yeah. Well, Dog Boy is getting the upper hand until he sees a squirrel. <laughs> so he's got to go chase the squirrel. <laughs> That's when the Rastafari's chase after Dog Boy and they chase him all the way out of Freakland. Those eye suits are really cool. I like them. Like little the, eyeballs, like- with a little optic nerve trailing out behind them and two little feet and two little arms, one of them holding a gun. And the pupils of those eyes are real trippy too. Yeah, like they that's the like when they talk and stuff that they move the mouth, it looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fantastic effect. Well, back in the freak house, Ricky is their new leader because he saved them all. So Ernie and Julie are in the freak house. They are fighting over deodorant because it's strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. <laughs> That's when Ricky shows them the note that he stole. Scruggs is preparing a demonstration for the Laughing Man, and in return, he will get 5,000 barrels of Zygrot 24. So they call a freak meeting where Ricky reveals his plan. Knows he wants to kill him anyway. (laughs) Don't know why. So Ricky is about to tell them the details of his plan, but the freaks, they start guessing details of his plan that they're going to tunnel into the lab and they're going to steal some freak serum and they're going to turn Skugs into a freak and they're all going to escape, which is a whole lot better than what Rick's actual plan was. His plan was to order some sea monkeys and then train them to use guns. I don't know. I like that plan. It's a good plan. It's like thinking outside the box. You know, you wouldn't see that coming. Yep. Well, it wouldn't be a dumpster fire movie without one, so it is montage time. I love montages. They are milking the cowboy because everything in this area is it has Zygrot 24 on it. So that means all the grass that cowboy has been eating is infused with Zygrot 24. That means cowboy's milk has Zygrot 24 in it. That's how they're going to get the Zygrot 24 to make the freak serum. So they're milking the cowboy. Wormy is digging a tunnel. 
Rosie the pinhead is nailing her own hand to the wall. <laughs> Everybody's cleaning the freak house. There's a punk rock soundtrack playing in the background, at least until Skuggs yells at him to turn the music down, which they do. <laughs> <laughs> now the freaks, we see <laughs> weird little uh, side scroll shot where the freaks are tunneling under the compound to the lab. And above ground, Mr. Toad is sitting outside and you hear an airplane flying over and his giant tongue shoots out and zaps the airplane, which he eats whole. Yeah, that was a cool little bit. And just spits out a propeller. Just spits out a propeller. Yeah. Like some of those big frogs that eat bird. Yeah. You ever seen those? Yeah, I've seen them. They're massive. Crazy. Well, they break a hole in the wall. Rick finds a hole in the wall with some light coming out of it, and they break it open, and they find an obviously painted picture of the biblical city of Nod. (laughs) But then it turns out to be a slideshow, because the next picture they see is Old Faithful, and then after that, there are pictures from Ernie's Bar Mitzvah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Don't know how that got in there. Inside the lab, Ernie is of no use whatsoever because he has PMS. That's what you get from being conjoined to a woman, I guess. Yeah, they keep on doing this thing because they're like, Ernie was like a chauvinist pig and uh, the chick was, uh, you know. And so like, yeah, when they get merged together, the chick keeps on having roid rages and shit like testosterone going off the chart. So she's like, you know, and then, yeah, Ernie's been kind of like, you know. Yeah, he's getting a, getting a little more sensitive. Yeah. Well, they hear Skugs from behind them. They hear Skugs say something behind them, and they all spin around, but it turns out it's just the bearded lady who does really good impressions. I read that Mr. T was so disgusted with this movie that he actually just disappeared three days before they finished shooting his parts. Yeah, they uh, just walked off set. And they had to go and get like a someone that looked like him for a couple of shots and a voice actor. Yeah, yeah. It's and at the end, it's pretty clear that it's not him. But man, I I can't blame him. I think if I had been, if I considered myself a serious actor and I was involved in a movie like this, I would have said fuck it too. No, I wouldn't. I would have stuck with it because this is yeah, the most awesome it. train wreck I've ever seen. Yeah, it's great shit. <laughs> It's just, it was, I don't know, it was a little ahead of its time, and it, it, it was like, it, yeah, it was like they stuffed it with too many jokes and shit. Right. But, you know, that was their goal, you know? And it was like, I don't know. I, I think if it came out in the later 90s, it had just been another thing. But because right. it came yeah. out so early in the 90s, it was like, oh, man, this is kind of genius, but at the same time, it's very targeted. There's like, you know, it's not like a broad uphill movie, and that's Right. What you had back then was like a, just a bunch of broad appeal movies where it like had a checklist. This movie is like if someone took an anti checklist of shit not to put in a movie <laughs> and they went down and filled all the boxes. It's like yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly right. Back in the freak house, Sockhead is freaking out in classic Bobcat Goldthwait style. He's sure they're going to get caught <laughs> and he's going to make a run for it. That's when the Rastafari's burst in and they shoot Sockhead a lot. Sockhead falls down and the Rastafari's leave. And when they do, all the freaks gather around Sockhead. 
they pull the sock off of his head. <laughs> they make the little the little hand mouth kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> and and the thing about Sockhead, like when he was explaining his backstory about how he ended up a freak, it was a real short story. And he said, eh, I'm not I'm not much for stories. And then it, when it came to making the plan, he's he didn't really have any help to offer and he said i'm not much for plans and now he's laying there and he shot up and they're making the he's making the little mouth with his thumb on the side of his hand and there's a little blood coming out of it and he goes uh i'm not much for dying and he falls dead Uh. (laughs) back in the lab wormy is analyzing the commodore 64 program for the freak machine Meanwhile, in his den, Skuggs is watching a show called Crooked Cops, but that's when he hears a styrofoam cup fall off the desk in his lab, which is all the way across the compound. Yeah, I love that. He's like, they drop the cup and then goes, cuts back to him. And he's like peeking out the window like someone's turning around in his driveway. And he's like, yeah. styrofoam cup. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes to investigate that. Skuggs is about to enter the lab and catch him, but he can't open the door because uh, he's got popcorn butter all over his hands from when he was watching Crooked Cops. Man, I tell you what, I've dropped so many drinks because of popcorn butter. <laughs> and I'll keep dropping them because popcorn butter's awesome. Oh, yeah. I've done a couple of <laughs> shots of that myself. <laughs> Stick your head under the spout there. Yeah. It burns, but it's delicious. <laughs> Well, the freaks all manage to escape back into the tunnel while Skug struggles for the doorknob. Ricky's the last one through, and the tunnel is collapsing, by the way. Ricky's the last one through the escape hatch, but he drops the coffee can full of the serum that they made. And he can't get it because Skuggs is about to burst in, and so he closes the door behind him just as Skuggs enters. And Skuggs finds the styrofoam cup that drops. These things are bad for the environment. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Ricky is hightailing it back through through the tunnel as the tunnel collapses behind him. And he manages to get back through. Everybody's excited. And then he's got to tell them that he lost the can of serum. However... I found a bag of macaroons and there's enough for everybody. Uh-huh. And everybody cheers except Worm, who does not like macaroons. Later that night, the freaks are sleeping off a big party of Bud Light and macaroons. That's when the EES trucks arrive at the compound and they start unloading their puppet board of directors. And one of them falls off, of course. Uh-huh. You can't carry four board members on a single forklift trip you gotta make two trips yeah this osha should have been all over them for that <laughs> well they gather in the lab for Skuggs's presentation the laughing man turns out to be that dick brian i but rick pulled his head off earlier no nah, that was one of the guys from that was like one of the guys that's not a puppet he's like some kind of like okay i got you he sent somebody else to fire rick yeah okay yeah but yeah he wouldn't go down there himself he's like he's too much of a fucking you know i got you 
Well, Dick brought a present for Skugs, and they dumped out a bag onto the floor, and it turns out he brought him a troll as a present. It's Stewie. And Stewie starts shouting for Rick, and that reestablishes their telepathic connection until Toad walks over and puts some duct tape over Stewie's mouth to shut him up and stuffs him in a chicken cage where Stewie starts fighting with the chickens. Yeah, even the chickens hate this kid. Yeah, I don't blame them. Skug starts making his pitch to EES. He wants to improve on Freakland by creating Supra Mega Freakland, which is oh, just man. the exact same thing, only a little bit taller. Yeah, I love it. He's got like a model of Freakland, <laughs> and you can see uh, another model underneath a, a sheet. And it's just the same model. But scaled up. Yeah, that's yes. funny. Like, what? So, you're just going to make a bigger head of yourself in the middle of the thing? <laughs> you're just going to make a bigger, like, barn to house the freaks in? Yeah. I mean, it's working. So, the only thing that you could do to make it better is make it bigger. Bigger is better. Just better, ask anybody yeah. from Texas, they will tell you. But they'll have to remind you that they're from Texas while they're telling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is Skuggs' plan to beat Disney, and Dick loves the idea of beating Disney, but we've got a slightly different plan. So he tells Bill, their marketing guy, to tell Skuggs about their plan for Zygrot 24. Meanwhile, Stewie has snuck out of the chicken cage, and he's crawling under the table that all these people are sitting at to try to get to the coffee can. Because Rick told him telepathically that he needs that coffee can. Yeah. So he's crawling under there. And as he does, he accidentally touches Dick's shoe. Dick thinks since he's sitting next to Elijah Skuggs, that Skuggs was tapping his foot. So Dick's all for it. And he puts his arm around Skuggs. No problem. Stewie manages to get to the coffee can. As Bill is explaining their plan to make a super freak workforce that doesn't get tired and never complains and has six arms, Skuggs really really isn't convinced because, well, this plan just isn't showy enough, but don't worry. Bill explains they can even engineer new customers who will buy anything they sell them. When Skuggs says, this guy's good, where'd you get him? Dick says, yeah, we lured him away from Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) stewie managed to get the um the coffee can though and he's he's just walking across the room and everybody's ignoring him i guess that's how good bill's presentation is (laughs) back in the freak house they're resigned to their fate as rick says goodbye to each of them in a dorothy leaving oz moment you know without the serum they don't know that stewie's got the serum They don't know how they can get the serum from Stewie if they knew he had it. So it's pretty clear that their plan has failed. And at the show that night, Rick is going to be turned into a super freak who is going to kill all the other freaks. So Rick is saying his goodbyes and he's going to miss each and every one of them except for Nosy and the Frogman. He's going to miss, he's not going to miss the frogman either. He tells the frogman, you know, dying probably is the best thing for you. To do. <laughs> <laughs> you 
The frogman, by the way, is not a frog. It's a scuba diver. Yeah. Who happens to be French. Yeah. He tells the Ernie that, you know, he's you were my best bud. And Julie, I really wish we could have boinked. <laughs> and that's when Julie gives him a great big slimy drooly kiss. That's kind of gross. Yeah. Actually, that whole thing's gross because just putting on the makeup, Alex <laughs> Winters, like, it, it would drool. So yeah. all that drool and shit and shit, that it's actual real. It's That's like, him, you know, it's yeah, because like, he couldn't close his mouth. Yeah. The try to try to swallow when you with your mouth open. You can't do it. Especially it's forced to open with a bunch of shit like that. And uh yeah. they said it hurt his face and shit like that. Like every I day. Bet. And uh I don't know. Yeah. I bet it sounds awful. Well, Rick parodies the JFK declaration of Ich bin ein Berliner to explain Ich bin ein Freak, but nobody gets it until he translates it into English. And then they all cheer for him. He's a jelly donut? He's a jelly donut, yeah. That night in the theater, Skuggs introduces the Beast Boy. He is strapped to a table and wearing a brand new suit. Stewie's in the audience with a coffee can of Freak Serum. And he's calling to Rick, but Rick can't see him. So Stewie jumps up on the bench to see. And that's when the biker behind him gets mad. He takes the coffee can and pours the serum over Stewie's head, turning Stewie into an actual giant troll with a great big pot belly. Oh, God, yeah. I love that cartoon head. It was great. The biker decides to try to stab Stewie in his obviously rubber belly, but it bends the blade of the biker's knife, and then Stewie punches the biker, sending him flying out of the tent. So now not only is Stewie seven feet tall, he's super strong with giant wooden buck teeth. Yeah, guys, scary shit. <laughs> well, Skuggs calls the Rastafar eyes to come and kill Stewie, but Stewie throws sand on him, sending him running away. Pocket sand. Pocket sand. Works every time, especially on eyeball gear. Yeah. Next up is Mr. Toad, but Julie and Ernie throw a firecracker. Mr. Toad is going to zap Stewie with his tongue and probably eat him, except that Ernie and Julie throw a firecracker, so his tongue gets the firecracker instead. He swallows the firecracker and then explodes. Earlier in the movie, Ernie mentioned that he used to blow up toads with firecrackers. That just sounds like yeah. a horrible thing to do. Okay. So Mr. Toad blows up and it just splatters everybody in the audience with green goo. And Skuggs gets some of his alien serum and smears it on alien serum, his freak serum, and smears it on the good half of Rick's face, turning him entirely into Beast Boy as he prepares to battle the troll Stewie. Meanwhile, Dick prepares to take Scruggs' freak machine and leave. The crowd is chanting fight as Stewie and Rick battle. And Julie is absolutely manic until Ernie reaches over and slams her head against the bars of their cage. As the freaks battle, Scruggs notices Dick and his engineers are trying to take the freak machine. He says he knew he couldn't trust those corporate grease balls, so he heads to a compartment on the freak machine that's labeled break glass in case of double-crossing corporate grease balls. <laughs> <laughs> they should have that more in, in like movies and stuff. They should. 
He reaches in and pulls a lever and out comes a, a giant. It looks like a rocket launcher, but it's actually kind of a, a fire hose. Yeah. And it sprays this green acid like stuff all over the corporate grease balls, melting them into a pile of pink goo, causing the crowd to stampede as Larry Bud Melman is still filming the entire thing, saying this is the best stampede since Ishtar. <laughs> another inside joke but it's a good one yeah well giant freak rick goes after the freaks in the cage and he rips off one of the bars he's trying to he's gonna kill them all and that's when the everything except shoes corporate slime turns into a giant shoe and just hops off <laughs> Doesn't do you think, oh my god, he's gonna fight back. No, no, he's he's just he's leaving. That's all it's a really big shoe. It's a really big shoe. We're not gonna see any any comeback intense battle scene. No, we're just gonna make a Ed Sullivan joke. Yeah. <laughs> that went the whole movie to make that joke though. It's like it took yeah, it did. The entire movie was a setup for a really crappy Ed Sullivan. That's part of why I like this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, the makeup and effects are like phenomenal. They are, and then like, yeah, the humor is kind of like, I mean, it's kind of nineties gross out humor, but it's also like some weird ass dad joke humor, you know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty juvenile. Yeah, and the the puns are awesome. I love dad jokes. I absolutely love dad jokes, and this this movie's full of them. Yeah. The only thing that they didn't do is is that you've got a guy who farts nonstop, but there was never once to pull my finger. Finger, yeah. <laughs> There's a missed opportunity, but I mean, I understand they couldn't put every joke, even though they tried. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what ended up on the cutting room floor of this movie because, like, I have no um, idea. I, it's hard to tell. It looks like they left everything in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Skuggs tells uh, Rick to kill Stewie, and that's when Sky Daly interrupts for a commercial break about cheese in a beer can. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Good. Because he's been talking for almost 90 minutes, so we got to take a commercial break. Uh, and it's just really bizarre cheese in a beer can. Back at the freak show, Rick prepares to stab Stewie. That's when Cowboy reminds him that he and Stewie are soulmate, and they have a little moment there, and then Stewie and Rick hug, and the freaks celebrate. Then he turns on Skug. Well, Skuggs turns on Rick, and he's gonna beat him up himself. My DNA is maxed out entirely. You're no match for me, and Skug starts punching and his punches have no effect, but he just keeps punching until he's completely worn out, which takes about three seconds. It's like if I was punching somebody. <laughs> then Rick hits Skuggs on the head and crushes his spine. Just one bonk on the head and he's done. Skuggs tells Rick about the antidote that he baked into the macaroons and you'll never get it if you kill me. And, and, but Skuggs doesn't know that they ate all the macaroons last night. So Rick punches Skuggs and he lands in a vat of acid just as the FBI breaks in to raid the place. They've been following Skuggs for years, but it took them a while to get there because they had to investigate 
They had to investigate the house that bleeds. They had to investigate other weekly world news stories. And then they got here. Then Skuggs pops back up out of that vat and he's transformed into Sky Daily. And the FBI just unload on her. They just shoot her full of holes. Back on the Sky Daily show, someone says they fix Coogan's light and they turn it on. And it turns out this was not a hideously uh, mutated Rick Coogan at all. He was just sitting in front of a cactus. <laughs> so damn just sitting in front of a cactus. And then they introduce all the freaks who have t- been turned back into humans. With the exception of the worm who does not like macaroons and Ortiz, the dog boy who had run off before he could get any of the macaroons. Yeah, he's still dressed as a milkman chasing that squirrel. (laughs) And he catches it and he's like, oh, I'm on TV. And he throws the squirrel and the squirrel's like chewing on the face of like some old lady that (laughs) in the audience. Yeah, it's great. Oh, and and Ortiz and Rick can be friends now. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> and of course, Worm Worm doesn't like macaroons, and he can't understand why people would boo him for not liking macaroons. They also booed Frog Boy or Nosy. They they booed Nosy because Nosy's just nosy. a jerk. Yeah, everybody hates Nosy. Yeah. Backstage, Sky Daily says, I can't imagine, I can't believe that Skuggs turned into something that looked exactly like me. And Rick says, yeah, he looked exactly like you, the same face, the same dress. The only difference was the massive feet. And they pan down, and Sky Daily has the hideously mutated giant feet. It turns out Sky Daily was Elijah C. Skuggs all along. And now she's going to kill Rick, except Julie standing behind her and shoots her full of holes with a machine gun. <laughs> Julie runs over to Rick and and troll Stewie shows up. I don't know what, how I guess there weren't any macaroons left. And so Stewie remains a giant troll. Yeah. Once they show up, it turns out, guess what? Sky Daly isn't dead. She gets up again. And that's when Ernie shows up and shoots her. And he says, I can't believe you guys didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we get a pause a moment where Rick reveals the lesson he learned in all of this about messing with nature and the dangers of, of tampering with things that you shouldn't. Ernie also explains that he learned a lesson about not being a sexist pig until Julie punches him and then kisses Rick. They all say goodnight to the audience and roll credits. Roll credits. This was a giant, horrible, delicious train wreck. It was. It's like they always say, well, they don't make them like they used to, you know, and they definitely don't because this definitely shouldn't have got made. In fact, (laughs) like the reason the reason when they had like a takeover or whatever at the time was the guy that was in charge was pissing off people. Uh, you know, shareholders yeah. or something you know, like they're like, dude, you're making way too many weird movies. Yes, and this was kind of like the nail in his coffin, but they still made it. They still released it, although uh, they they'd already spent the money. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's like, oh man, just I just want this on Blu-ray so it doesn't get like lost <laughs> to time. <laughs> yeah, like, we've we've 
We've talked before about uh, studios that will make a movie specifically to lose money to reduce their the amount of taxes they have to pay at the end of the year. Yeah, and this is that kind of movie, except that's not why they made it. This this movie, they were not supposed to spend this money on this movie, but it, it, the checks had already been cashed. So what can you do? Yeah. And it was like, oh, man, like, I don't know, like they don't have this on streaming platforms and shit. Uh, like uh, we're watching it on YouTube and right. in the in the comment section, this is like the the uh the guy that like co-wrote it and directed it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, uh, they'll, they refuse to release this on DVD or, uh, or I think it did get released on DVD, but like, it was like when DVDs were new and like, right. Yeah. But it was like still standard definition is like a shitty ass print of it, you know? And it's just, yeah. Okay. I want it on 4k. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. This is, um, this this is a great movie. I really enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun watching it. And they don't make them like this anymore because people get fired for making them like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is like is a great movie to share with friends. Like yep. all right. Especially like in this kind of you know like climate, you know, like where like everybody's like trying to show you a viral video or oh man, you gotta check out this TikTok. Yep. Like one up that guy, you know. Uh, hey, you wanna see something to be seen you know to be behold then put this movie on and then if they don't laugh in the first five minutes get new friends exactly the same people who don't like this movie are the people who don't like the rocky horror picture yeah it's like and, the, and those people are jerks stay away from those people <laughs> yeah they can't take a joke <laughs> for all right man i think that's a podcast hell yeah we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun making it. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you hear us. You can follow CDF Pod on Facebook and Instagram or at CDF underscore pod on Twitter. You can also visit our website at CDFPod.com. And don't forget you can help us make donations to film schools all across the country by going to Patreon.com slash CDFPod. Join us next time as we explore another movie so awesome it probably shouldn't have been made.